afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rebel News live stream on this, a Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a bit about my co-host. You know, folks, today is National Lemon Chiffon Cake Day, and much like a lemon chiffon cake, my friend, she's a little sweet, she's a little tart, she's a sweetheart, she is the she-devil with a sword, she is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? David, I'm great. I'm happy you said tart instead of sour. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be sour too, but it's only to the people that deserve it, like federal bureaucrats when you're trying to pry information through our endless FOI uh, challenges. <laughs> oh boy. Speaking of which, I've got one heck of a story coming up about the and again, I, I say this in the video, I've got a real hard time finding sympathy in my heart for well-kept government bureaucrats and government employees, especially during the pandemic, because they got raises while everybody else got laid off. But my heart bled for the bureaucrats in the CBSA, where they were like, they had to go to um, unconscious bias training, which is basically oh. the government saying, you're not racist. You haven't done anything racist. You don't even think racist things, but you are still racist because your racism is unconscious. And so you have to submit yourself to this racism re-education. Boy, it was something else. Even the bureaucrats were like, what is even happening right now? We have no idea. Here's a very important question, Sheila. When they say you are still racist at a subconscious level or what have yep. you, maybe an unconscious level when you're sleeping. Um, here's the deal. Does that only apply to those who are white or is it every race across the board? Because there is a mindset, and I know there's a, um, a bureaucrat at the City of London who was actually on uh, News Talk 1010 about a month ago stating that racism uh, by non-white people is impossible. There's no such thing. This is exclusively a white thing. This is somebody employed by taxpayer dollars at the City of London. I can't remember her name. Um, so I just want to know what the nitty-gritty is. Is it everybody capable of uh, this unconscious bias, racism, etc., or just those who are not um, a, a visible minority? Well, it was just uh, white people it, to the point in which the bureaucrats were complaining that the racism training was racist. So that should tell you about the state of affairs happening down at the border security agency. I, here I thought they were supposed to catch scofflaws at the border, catch terrorists, catch contraband. No, no, they poor souls were submitted to unconscious bias training. And, and it's just a joke. And do you know what else is a joke, uh, Sheila? I know in the federal workforce, if you look at the visible minority makeup of that workforce, um, whether it's black, Asian, et cetera, the percentage of those federal employees is actually higher than the general population percentage. So if there yep. are 5% of Canadians are black, uh, it's far greater that percentage in the federal workforce. So yeah, for sure. What are they, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, about 20 years ago, uh, you, you, I don't even know if you can find it. It seems to have been scrubbed from the internet. The Toronto Star did a front page story 
entitled the Toronto White Jays. And basically, they were making the argument that there's so many white athletes on the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays is racism at play. And yet, going by the stars metrics, Sheila, if you looked at the number of black players, if you looked at the number of Latino players, guess what? It was a far greater percentage than those populations in the city of Toronto. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> the Toronto Star did not do a corresponding article, the Toronto Black Raptors, right? Oh, no, no, no. It was the Toronto White Jays. I think they had to do a, re a retraction and apology. It doesn't exist. It, it doesn't uh, exist. It quickly looked. The, why the, are they the so... The article no longer exists. They're yeah. obsessed with this stuff. Well, because the supply of racism does not meet the demand in this country, right? There's this whole industry of racism yep. training yep. out there. But there's, you know, like there are uh, isolated instances of racism. Of course, we think racism exists. But I just don't think Canada's a racist hellhole the way these people think it is. But their job is racism training. So you have to create the problem to create the market for the thing that you're selling. And so even if you are not racist, well, then you're unconsciously racist. By the way, here's this program I can sell you to solve your problem with the racism you didn't even know you had. It's a big racket. That's all it is. You know what, Sheila, if I were to take one of those courses, here's my contribution. I think what we have to do to equal the race uh, field is come up with a slur for white people that is equivalent to the N-word for black people. No. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, what do we have? Honky, munja cake, uh, cracker. Uh, I'm being facetious, of course. You're <laughs> yelling racist words on a live stream. Game. Oh, come on. Sheila, if somebody <laughs> called you a honky, uh, would you be uh, crushed? Would you be offended? I would I start laughing. It would diffuse the situation. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem with the racists. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we should tell everybody we're doing yes. it. It's seven minutes into the show. Um, and by the way, I'm flying completely blind today. Oh. Um, and that's got nothing to do with my eyesight. I don't know what we're talking about because I spent the hour before the live stream when I normally get ready for the live stream and read articles and prep for the show. Um, I was in a meeting on other matters. So uh, it was literally a photo finish for me to get on the call today. I, I think uh, the producers were calling me and I was not answering because I was upstairs doing something with this before I could come on air. Um, so we should tell everybody what we're doing. This is Rebel News Daily Livestream. You used to just be on Friday, hosted by Ezra, but then the pandemic struck. There was more news than ever. And the best way to talk to you about it is to sit down and talk with each other about it as the news breaks. Sometimes news is best discussed unscripted. And obviously, if you've tuned in for the last seven minutes, you know that we do things unscripted on this show. Um, otherwise, I would not have let David showed all those racist things into a camera. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they were racist things against white people. So being a and pale face myself. Oh, was that racist? Uh, I guess I got uh, some license in order to use those and if you get all your news from the CBC, you know that there's no such thing as reverse racism. Anyway, um, we used to just stream the show on YouTube. We are still streaming on YouTube, but YouTube completely demonetized us sort of after Joe Biden got elected. There was a whole host of uh, conservative channels that got demonetized, which means it's really only a matter of time before they kick us off the platform altogether. But we'll hang on there as long as we can, if only to annoy the big tech censors. But you cannot support us on YouTube anymore. So 
we are simultaneously streaming on platforms that allow you to support us um, because we'll never take any money from Justin Trudeau. How could we hold him to account if we did, right? Uh, I mean, remember that when you're watching the mainstream media. Yeah. Justin Trudeau pays their bills so they know what side of their bread is buttered and who did the spreading, if you know what I mean. So we are on Super U, and you can send us a paid chat called the Super U Shout, um, and we'll read that on air. On Rumble, you can send us a Rumble rant. That's their paid chat. We'll read that on air. And Odyssey, you can send a hyper chat in a couple of different ways, and we will do our best to read that on air. And we are also streaming as always, it seems, on Getter. Um, you can't support us on Getter, but we're sure happy to have your eyeballs if you're watching us over there. And I think that's all the nuts and bolts. My Skype feed came back together instantly. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, David, you're driving the show. Let us know what we're talking about. Okay. Well, you know, uh, by the way, speaking of driving, I was almost late today, uh, Sheila. In my decades of traveling the 401, never have I heard this reason for a traffic delay. There is a coyote in the right lane blocking traffic, Smoke presumably it, keep still. Going. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm thinking Wiley Coyote. Car, <laughs> you drive a little car. If you hit a coyote, it would be written off. But if there's a coyote there, just smoke it and keep going. One time I saw my mom with a round bale on the back of the farm truck, and she saw a coyote going across the field. She sped up and smoked it. <laughs> wow. And she didn't even lose the bail. I was so proud to be her daughter that day. Not in these parts, Sheila. You're, you'll go to jail. I think of that homeowner that killed a raccoon, and uh, that was front page news for days in Toronto. But you'd, you'd think he'd killed the last dodo bird or something. But in any event. My um, mom's sheep lived another day because she sent that coyote home to Jesus. <laughs> so, you know, it's the circle of life. Is it coyote or coyote? I don't know. City people say coyote because you get all your news from cartoons. Um, but we say coyote out here. I is it know. rodeo? I right. Is it rodeo or rodeo? David, it's rodeo. <laughs> okay. Then. Um, you know what? Uh, it's not on the on the the sheet here, Sheila. But very quickly, since it seems that the entire world is talking about this, and suddenly the Academy Awards are relevant again, I just uh, I think you and Adam touched upon this yesterday. But in people the... were sick of us talking about it. Actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I just want to say, do you, now that another twenty four hours has gone by, uh, apparently Will Smith has issued an apology. It seems to be. I don't know if his heart was in the apology. But it really bothers me, Sheila. And I, all I'm going to say about this is this. What, could you argue that Chris Rock's joke was insensitive? Was it vulgar? Yes and yes. Um, that's not the point. Comedy is subjective. Twas ever thus. You can boo. You can heckle. That's what goes on. But for Will Smith to basically take a page out of the far left, which is punch yeah. a Nazi. And by Nazism, that doesn't mean a country going on a world war path. It doesn't mean a country doing genocide. It simply means an individual who has a differing opinion to you. Therefore, violence is OK. And what I don't understand, Sheila, is that isn't it funny how maybe if Will Smith wasn't part of the Hollywood elite, um, certainly if this was a person, just Joe Blow in the audience that ran up, I'm sure there'd be police charges. I'm sure the cancel culture mavens uh, would dox that person and he'd be fired and uh, never gainfully employed in his industry again. 
But it seems to me a, a, a separate set of circumstances. And the only thing I'm really concerned about moving forward, you know, even if you don't give a rodent's rectum about a couple of Hollywood people getting into a brouhaha, it's just that those comedians playing comedy clubs, I am fearful, Sheila, I really am, sure. that they, some idiots, some Lugans in the crowd will take their cue from Will Smith, hear a joke they don't like, and suddenly it's cool to get up on stage. And I'll tell you, back in the day, comedy clubs used to have a security guard or two, just in case things got hairy, uh, because of downsizing, cutting costs. Now it's up to the waitress uh, to maintain uh, crowd control, so you can see the flaw there. That's what I have to say about that, Sheila. Um, one last thing, I'll, I'll throw this to you as a question. I really think that the Academy should strip Will Smith of that Academy Award. That's not cancel culture, it's a penalty. It's to indicate what you did was completely reprehensible and unacceptable, but do you have any hope they will do so? No, definitely not. In mm. fact, they've moved on already, I think, um, to nobody's responsible um, Will Smith isn't responsible. Um, a meeting speech with violence, that's not a problem. The real problem is Donald Trump and white supremacy, <laughs> which led to Will Smith um, striking Chris Rock over a badly timed joke. Um, I saw the Babylon Bee actually had a joke that said, um, which you won't see if you're on Twitter because the Babylon Bee is canceled from Twitter for being a little too funny and a little too on the nose with their satire. Um, but it was like um, Amy Schumer terrified that you can be slapped over bad jokes now um, was their joke. Um, but yeah, there's this. I saw Christina Summers, Christina Hoff Summers said Forbes has an article by a critical race theorist who says white supremacy caused Will Smith to hit Chris Rock, not satire. It's real. Quote, <laughs> While talking about Will Smith's behavior, don't forget to also talk about the system that helped create it. One black man smacks another black man oh. about a joke told about his black wife and white supremacy did it. It's There's unbelievable. It do, apparently. The other card I've seen played in regard to this, Sheila, is just shows you that toxic masculinity is alive and well. No, it doesn't. It shows you that one particular male is toxic in his behavior, in his reaction to a bad joke. That doesn't mean the entire sex of males the world over is toxic uh, masculinity uh, infused. But that's, you know, come up again in the narrative. And I want to say one last thing too, Sheila. Um, what do you think are the odds that instead of Chris Rock, what if the presenter was The Rock? Do you think Will Smith is going to go up and smack the the Rock across the face? <laughs> I don't I, think so. <laughs> I maintain that Chris Rock has the worst friends in all of Hollywood. Because mm. people ran up and comforted Will Smith as though he hurt his hand smacking Chris Rock across the mouth. By the way, guys, don't slap each other. It's such a turnoff. Like, it's just yuck. It's just <laughs> such a lady thing to do. Um, but nobody went up to him and said, like, hey, man, are you okay? All these people who have known Chris Rock for 30 years, they know the kind of guy he is. 
they know that he did uh, an entire movie about the value of black women's hair to black women. Yeah. So he wasn't, his joke may have been insensitive, but I've seen reports where he said, I didn't actually know that she had alopecia and that's why her head was shaved. Mm. So if that were the case, that takes this into a whole other context. And this was like an innocent, innocent mistake and not a bad joke. Um, but nobody went to see if he was okay. Like nobody was like, Hey buddy, are your teeth loose? None of that. That didn't happen. And I, I just, I don't know. Hollywood friends are terrible. I'll tell you why Sheila, and then we'll move on to the next story. <clears throat> it's this, there is a form of racism in Hollywood that is thriving. And it's not based on skin color, religion, nationality, you name it. It's based on where you are in the star food chain. So Will Smith, he's an A-lister. Maybe Chris Rock is a B-lister or an A-minus-lister. Yeah. So on the hierarchy of how much money you bring into the box office, the ultimate movie star in Hollywood and twas ever thus is the dollar sign. And Will Smith is that guy that will get 20, 30 million dollars US a movie and Chris Rock is not. So therefore he is more important. He is more special than Chris Rock is. That is Hollywood style racism at play. Yeah, I've got some homo, uh, a homemade psychoanalyst thing going here too, where I think this is Will Smith snapping because of other things, but this was just the one thing that was just a bridge too far that caused him to snap. And I think it's that weirdo relationship with his wife um, and how she's, you know, got other dudes on the side and apparently he's fine with it. And I think just this sort of thing that happened publicly was the thing that just caused him to freak out and snap. It was just, it might not have even been necessarily about the joke or Chris Rock or whatever, but you could see that that's a guy over the course of that evening in some sort of manic crisis um, where he's, you know, he's laughing, he's, you know, sort of excited, then he's angry, then he's crying, then he's like rapping and partying in the evening. It was just like up and down and up and down. And I think there are w way more things at play in that family and in the psyche of Will Smith that I don't think we'll ever know the full extent of. And I think that's all we need to talk about this because, well, no, because we were told to shut up about it yesterday no, by the, by the were, chat. <laughs> one last thing, and I promise what you said is very profound there, Sheila, and it dials back to what Will Smith originally said in his quasi-apology, which wasn't an apology at all to Chris Rock, that it was words to the effect of, I do crazy things for love. You know who says things like that, Sheila? It's wife beaters. You know, I, you know, she, I love her, but she drives me crazy. That's why I have to slap her around. That is a garbage response. I'm sorry. I do crazy things for love. Like what? Oh, like slap a comedian physically for making a, 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 an allegedly offensive joke. Give me a break. Anyways, Chris Rock's the winner. Will Smith is the loser. I will. I think and I didn't really know how I felt about all of this yesterday because it was sort of fresh to me. And I was like, you know what? If somebody said something rude about me at a rodeo after a couple of drinks in the beer garden, <laughs> there might be a fight. <laughs> like there might be my things might unfold in similar ways that happened at the Oscars. But that is in Lamont, Alberta, at a rodeo and not at the Oscars where all the pr peaceful progressives are. Um, I live out here in toxic masculinity land where 
masculinity is a bit of a virtue and chivalry is a virtue, but I'm reliably told that chivalry is toxic masculinity by the progressives that infest Hollywood like a plague. But I will, um, I think, I think finally I figured out where I fall down on this issue. Um, and it's from Ben Shapiro. He says the moral standards of Hollywood are weird. Will Smith is fine with other dudes and his wife having sex. He's not fine yeah. with someone making a joke about his wife at the Oscars. That's right. Yeah. They have an open marriage, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, I, you know what? That kind of thing can drive a guy to snap, by the way. Well, there's a world of difference between a rodeo in Alberta and Rodeo <laughs> Drive in Hollywood. See what I did there, Sheila? A Barry Horowitz job, pat on the back there. Now, yeah. moving on. <laughs> How about this? Uh, you did a newsjack on this, Sheila, and it was um, Mr. Randy Hillier released from jail uh, after the Ottawa MPP was charged for actions during the Freedom Convoy protest in Ottawa. Goodness gracious, Sheila. What did Randy Hillier do that got him a little a brief visit in the clink? Well, that's the thing nobody really knows. Um, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> you know, he's got, if you wouldn't mind bringing up that whole list of charges they've given him, um, he denies doing these things naturally. I mean, if you're charged with something, the smart thing is to not admit to doing them. But um, well, one was assaulting a peace officer. Do you one remember is assaulting a peace officer? I think obstructing a peace officer, encouraging other people here. I'll just I'll find the article right here. Thank you. There we go. Um, here we go. So um, in. He was facing and still is facing one count of assault, assaulting a peace or public officer, two counts of obstructing or resisting a public officer, one count of obstructing or resisting someone aiding a public or peace officer. What is that all about? Three counts of counseling. <laughs> this is the one that I thought was really weird. Yeah. Three counts of counseling an uncommitted indictable offense, two of them considered mischief. So we have to remember that, um, they included delivering um, fuel uh, as sort of within the sphere of mischief and honking within the sphere of mischief. And so three counts of basically telling somebody to deliver fuel, but they never delivered fuel or telling someone to honk, but they actually never honked. So I, I'm not sure, like they're really, really just stretching like this is Gumby stuff where they're trying to just stick everything on him and two counts of mischief for obstructing property exceeding $5,000. And who knows what that even means. It could be just, did he go in a bouncy castle? Well, because that was a problem. Well, Sheila, as the saying goes, seeing is believing. Is there any video of these allegations? You know, literally uh, everything was videoed at the, <laughs> at the convoy anyway, like, Surely someone can show us. But uh, I was reading other articles where they said they responded to calls online to go after Randy Hillier. So this was basically mob justice. They were basically inundated with complaints about Randy. So then they did something about it, like his freedom or the legal system or fairness under the law be damned if the. Um, anti-convoy lunatics online demand that you be arrested and charged. Well, I guess the Ottawa police are going to do it. Well, Randy is a public figure. Uh, he stands for, of course, uh, Vax Choice. And therefore, I think that puts a gigantic bullseye 
uh, on the back of his head, Sheila. Uh, yes, yes. And uh, uh, let's think about this in uh, the most basic terms. Randy sits in opposition. It is his job. It is what he takes a salary for to yeah. oppose the government. He's He actually did that, and the government has criminalized it. What does this send a message to the other MPs who want to oppose the government? Shut up, or you're going to end up like Hillier. That's what this sends a message. Yeah, and just wait till uh, Bill C-11, if and when it gets passed, Sheila, uh, there will be uh, legislation in place that will Randy Hillierize all of us should we say anything deemed offensive? Yeah. Yeah, that's coming for everybody. The, their internet regulation, I think it's Bill C-11, um, where um, basically they want to shoehorn Canadian content into all the streaming services where you're like, thank God there's very little Canadian content on here because it's watchable and it's worth paying the money for. They, you can't escape the CBCification of your um, media consumption. It will find you wherever you run to, and the government's going to help it. Um, but that also, um, they've also got, um, uh, you know, legislation meant to combat misinformation. And yeah. what is misinformation these days? I've seen at least two retracted CBC articles related to the convoy. Um, that were completely wrong. They're, you know, I, I, our foreign affairs minister said that it is her job. We wrote this <laughs> up yesterday to regulate media, to censor media. You're the foreign affairs minister. That's absolutely not your job. But uh, again, under the guise of Russian misinformation. Well, I was reliably told by CBC that the convoy was Russian backed. Yeah. And then that absolutely wasn't. Give, send, go, and GoFundMe testified that that was not the case, but that was published on CBC. So, and that was used as to bolster the invocation of the Emergencies Act. What are they going to censor? The oh. truth? Because everything that's coming out of the mainstream media seems to be a lie these days. Oh, 100%. And I mean, speaking of CBC, they're already self-censoring uh, themselves. Sheila, last week when Justin Trudeau was uh, across the pond in the European Parliament uh, getting dissected by various um, members of the Parliament there, the, the headline on the CBC story, or at least the, in the copy, was how Justin Trudeau was receiving a standing ovation when, in fact, so many people walked out uh, when he was speaking. And then, of course, don't forget uh, the other smear against the convoy, the illegal guns uh, that were there. That was that story by that freelancer. Um, is it Justin or Jason? Uh, J Justin Dingling, um, you know, uh, again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he said I, I, there were guns in the convoy. Yeah. He said there were guns in the convoy. And in a rare moment of truth, the Ottawa police said, no, there weren't. Uh, but that was widely published in the Toronto Star. And again, yeah. used to justify trampling on other people's rights to peaceful protest. It, nothing but lies about the convoy. None of that would be subject to, uh, I guess, Melanie Jolie's foreign affairs minister duty of censoring domestic internet. Um, I, that would all be missed because ideally this is designed to censor people like us. Um, oh, yeah, big North. time. Yep. Um, post-millennial, Western Standard, I think, to some extent. Yep. Um, that's what it's targeted at. That's why um, it's addressing the reason that we are not on 
terrestrial TV or satellite TV. Because if we were, we were, we would be subject to CRTC rules and the broadcast standards rules also. But because we are not on there, we are on the internet. So we're a little more free YouTube, not so much, but on the other platforms, we are more free and the liberals just can't have that. So they have to find a backdoor way to basically put the entire internet under those CRTC broadcast standards rules. And those are highly political rules. A hundred percent. Sheila, what we're seeing is for the last couple of years, it was the carrot. It was reaching out to the mainstream media with $600 million plus a year in subsidies to keep them afloat. Uh, There are some, like the media outlets you just mentioned and us, and even if we were offered money, we would not take it. We would not uh, hoor ourselves out uh, like the mainstream media people. You are just really pushing it with the language. Oh, I don't know. That's the definition of uh, prostitution. Come on. How can you possibly take money from the federal government and cover the federal government objectively? (laughs) It is a complete ethics breach of journalism. A hundred percent, Sheila. But what I'm saying now is for the outliers, the carrot didn't work. So now comes the stick. Now comes us legislating you out of business because you're not playing ball. You're not becoming one of the trained seals in the mainstream media uh, singing from the same song sheet. But you know what? Back to Randy Hillier. I'll tell you this, Sheila. I think this helps his brand as opposed to giving him any aggro. He is standing up against whether it's the police, the mainstream media, the federal government, the bureaucracy, and he's saying, no, I supported the convoy. I like the idea of supporting truckers who work so hard And the reason why you're alive is because of a trucker, groceries in supermarkets, drugs uh, in uh, pharmacies. And uh, what does he have to be ashamed of? These are, I think, trumped up charges. And I think it's going to just uh, bolster Randy Hillier's brand, quite frankly. Well, and it's not even necessary because he said he's not even running again. So this seems really petty and vindictive that they have to punish him on the way out the door for doing his job right to the last minute. Um, Now, this, I think, sort of ties in nicely with some things coming out of the United States. And I know people want us to say on Canadian topics, but we have viewers from all over. And this, if you stick with me, I'll bring it full circle back to Canada. Don't you worry. But uh, this idea of treating uh, people who oppose government policy as terrorists, and we saw this come out of um, the United States when parents went to school board meetings, as is their right to do, to express their uh, disagreement with uh, critical gender theory that permeating in schools. And I saw this video last night because there's this, um, he's... I don't know if he's a comedian, but he's, boy, he's sure pretty funny. Um, His name is Alex Stein. He was on Tucker last week. He hosts Conspiracy Castle, and he goes to uh, city council meetings and does these performative things where he points out just how ridiculous things are by taking on often the character of the thing that the city council is trying to ram down your throat. And so he did something, uh, it's about a two minute clip, but boy, it's good. He did something, David Menzies, that you did uh, a while ago. Uh Uh-oh. 
Um, he did it with, I guess, less flair, but there are rainbows involved. Um, and the reason I want to talk about this is because we will go from that back to something that's happening in Canada um, with uh, something written by um, over at True North, um, just so that you guys can sort of cue that up as we go about um, the normalization of some of this stuff. Um, well, Sheila, I think he, we do have a clip of it. Should we run the clip first and then you run can... the clip and then we'll go okay. to Sue Ann Levy's article, yes. which is a little bit crazy. So let's run this clip first. It's great. But you guys are going to sit here. And you're not going to take me seriously. You're going to laugh at me. I'm trying to compete. And yes, I was born a boy. So what, guys? This is 2022. It doesn't matter what you're born. We have Kintaji Brown Jackson even says she doesn't even know what a woman is. So then I'm a woman. So that's what you guys have to do. If the Supreme Court justice is on my side, then why can't I get the same from the Plano City Council? That's the problem is I come here and I'm still a victim of transphobia. Yet we have champions like my girl Leah, my sister, and she is she gets to win. But I don't. Why not? That's that's what I'm asking you. Why not? Why can't I swim against the ladies? Why are we having a transphobic world where I just want to compete against the ladies? Why are you saying that I'm not a biological woman? Clearly, I look like a biological woman. I mean, come on. It's been hours tucking this thing in. Give me a break. I should be able to swim. And I'm on so much hormone therapy, I don't even know left or right anymore. So I'm doing this. I don't have an unfair advantage. No way. So I need you guys to stand up. We have a city issue, Rick, and we can actually fix this and let me compete against the ladies i'm sick of these women oh you're you're having unfair advantage yeah right and i'm mentally ill and they won't even let me compete in the special olympics so go figure think about that i can't compete in the special olympics and i can't compete against women what kind of bigotry is that are you guys gonna let that stand i wouldn't let that stand if i were y'all i would stand up for me because in the future they're gonna write these in the history books and you're gonna have to decide decide what side plano is on were they transphobes or were they transpositive? And obviously I'm transpositive. So that's what I want. I want you guys to wake up to what's going on in the world and tell the city of Plano Swim League to let me compete against the ladies. I've been on hormone blockers for nearly two weeks now. And like I said, I'm so messed up from them. I'm probably gonna lose anyway, but I can send that tape to a college and I might get a scholarship, Julie. So don't look at me with your eyes, looking at me all mean. I'm out here trying to change for you. This is women's rights. Yeah, I'm standing up for women's rights. Thank Time's you. Up. It's primetime Stein on Instagram. If you guys want to learn how to swim against the ladies, thank you all so much. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the new normal, Sheila. You know, the yeah. only thing missing, this would have been the exclamation point on his uh, performance, would be if he was chest feeding a baby. Right? <laughs> you know, Give him that, a minute. <laughs> Give him a minute. He does this, I think, twice a week to the Plano City Council to remind them not to do ridiculous things. And he goes there and he points it out. He tried to swim <laughs> with the, the Plano uh, Swim League against the ladies. They won't let him. Uh, <laughs> and he, some of the things he says are so funny, but so smart where he says, oh, yeah, I've been a I've been on hormone blo hormone blockers for two weeks now, so gotta let me swim. You know, well, he's not wrong. Sheila, the fact is, and we know this from Corrections Canada, if you want to get into a female penitentiary yep. as a male, a biological male, you don't even have to slice and dice your genitalia. You don't have to take hormones. You just say, "I identify as a woman," and you're in. This is the joke. He, you don't even have to go as far as he did. I don't know if he's taken those hormone blockers or not, but regardless, you just have to say it 
And it is. This is the yeah. madness that we're in with the progressive left. And it's kind of funny. Half of the 8 billion people on this planet, i.e. biological women, they're the ones getting screwed. I mean, they're the ones getting slaughtered in the courts and on the fields and in the swimming pools by biological males. Where is the feminist movement? Why is it that they embrace trans women are real women, trans women are real women, like Sherry DeNovo, right? Um, where are the people standing up for real fairness? And I'll tell you this, Sheila, if I was running sports, whether it was the IOC or the uh, NAAC, um, I would say this, we're gonna have males division, female division, and then other. And I'll tell you, Sheila, I tune in to the other division. I don't care who you are, what your qualifications are. It would be a true athletic gong show, and that would make it entertaining uh, to me. That's where the liar Thomases of the world belong, in the other division. You know, that was the solution that uh, Linda Blade offered when I was talking to her about her book, Unsporting, how trans activism and science denial are destroying sport. Uh, I think it's at unsporting.ca. You can uh, get a copy there. It's also on Amazon. But Linda Blade was, uh, I think, a decathlete. Now she's a coach yep. and a kinesiologist, I think. Um, if I'm getting that wrong, I'm very, very sorry, Linda. And Barbara Kay. Um, everybody's favorite Jewish conservative grandma. Um, they wrote a book about this issue specifically, and Linda comes at it from being a woman in sport and training other women to compete in sport <clears throat> and seeing the biological disadvantage that people who have gone through testosterone puberty have over girls. Their hearts are, lung are larger, their lungs are larger, they have more muscle mass, more bone density, how can a biological girl compete against someone who has gone through testosterone puberty, even if they're on hormone blockers, it doesn't undo the size of their heart and their bones and their lungs. Their cardiovascular strength alone is in excess of a girl. You know what? Watch a ringette game of, of an age level, same age level, then go over to the other arena and watch the boys and then tell me there's no difference. Mm. A hundred percent. And as we've said before, Sheila, with the exception of auto racing and equestrian, that's why there is a separate division for males and females, twas ever thus. And I'll tell you this much. I have a little rage in my heart for the biological female swimmers that we're competing against, Liar Thomas. And it's this, and I've said this before on the show, that they could have had their own Colin Kaepernick moment. Remember, that's the uh, washed up QB that was kneeling during the national anthem. And it's simply this. And think of how beautiful this would be. The starter gun goes off and Leah Thomas jumps in the pool and all the rest retreat to the dressing room. Yeah, go have your gold medal, have your first place finish. We're just not competing with you. It's going to be a yeah. race of one versus one, right? Think of how profound that imagery would be. But instead, they competed in a mugs game. That was a fixed race. You can't win against that biological male. And by the way, Sheila, I just wanted to say one other thing. I fully support any woman, biological woman that is, that 
transgenders into a male and goes and competes with the biological guys, because then you're starting off at a complete disadvantage and you must be the best female athlete on the planet if you can uh, keep with the guys. So I don't have a problem that way. But when it's the other way around, a dude becoming a fake woman. No, I have a big problem with that. I'm old enough to remember when taking testosterone was considered doping. Like having elevated testosterone levels was doping. I think they took Ben Johnson's medals away because of that. They should give that man back his medals because apparently you can have excess testosterone and it's not doping this time around. It's beautiful is what they tell me. Yeah. And another thing, Sheila, I've even heard some loons out there going, oh, how we've forgotten history. Do you remember back in the early 70s, Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King and the Houston Astrodome and Billie Jean King kicked his ass. Yeah, Bobby Riggs was, I think, in his 50s, and Billie Jean King was in her late 20s. It was a goof. It was the battle of the... I mean, uh, Bobby uh, Bobby Riggs, God bless him, he was a hustler. This was his way of getting some do-re-mi. Sure. Uh, it wasn't... A, Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, there was... Uh, Serena Williams made a comment that... Because um, some of them said to her that you are such a dominant female tennis player that is there a chance that you could compete against um, male tennis players? And she said, definitely not any pro male tennis player in the top 200. And there was a guy in Australia that took her on in an exhibition match. I think it was ranked 203 or 206. So it's after the 200, Sheila. He kicked her ass. She couldn't return yeah. his serve. So that's Serena Williams, for goodness sakes. So can we stop pretending this? And can the, the authorities of these sports organizations, there, there you go, battle of the sexes, um, yeah. can, can, can they grow a set and say, no, we're not bending the knee to the woke cancel culture. We're not bending the knee to science denial. I love that word. Funny how... You know, we have coronavirus denial and we have climate denial. But when it comes to transgenderism, oh, no, no, no. Science denial, that goes out the window. And a man is a man and a woman is a woman. And that's it. I, I am disgusted by all the sports authorities out there, Sheila, that are allowing this freak show to happen. Well, and, you know, I come from the position of I, I don't I don't have the energy to care how other people live their lives. I really don't. I don't want them to use the government to make me care. And I don't want them to rob opportunities from girls who have trained their entire lives for these opportunities. That's where I fall down on this. I don't care what adults are doing. I just, I don't have the energy to care. I'm too busy caring about my own family and the things right in front of me. I do care though, when they start doing this stuff and, and polluting young minds with stuff before they are ready to even understand it. And so often against the wishes of the parents. And that's, and that's a great, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's a great segue to what you were teasing earlier, uh, Sheila, with um, uh, Sue Ann Levy, uh, her piece about uh, erotic dance headlining of oh, some <laughs> alphabet soup event for 11 year olds at a Toronto school district. What yeah. oh, what is this? And by the way, when did it become, is, is that There's the new LGBTQ? It's now 2SLGBTQIAP+. 
What the hell do some of those letters even mean? <laughs> I'm so out well, of the before, loop. <laughs> before people get uptight and say this is a homophobic column, Sue Ann's gay. Correct. <laughs> That's true. Sue, yep. Sue Ann is out and proud and gay, severely normal lady. <laughs> she gives but, 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 government government accountability and uh, minding her own business and not infesting little kids with ideas before they are ready. Like some of the things in this article that she points out, absolutely insane. I'll just read a little bit from it. The Toronto District School Board, which is terrible, by the way. Oh, horrible. Officials have invited kids as young as 11 to a conference this Tuesday and Wednesday. So today and tomorrow, I guess, to discuss issues facing LGBTQ, pansexual, intersexual, and asexual students, 11-year-olds. Grade five. Grade five. Um, the Envision Virtual Conference is described as an annual gathering for 2SLGBTQIAP plus elementary, <laughs> elementary, <laughs> elementary, and secondary students and their allies and co-conspirators. Well, that is an honest way of putting what this is about to discuss homophobia and transphobia in Ontario. One of the figures behind Envision is TDSB Student Equity Program Advisor Javier Davila, a self-described gay Latin performer who is investigated for distributing two virulently anti-Israel manuals to board teachers last year. Again, I want to point out Israel is the only place in the Middle East where you can have a pride parade. Um, I think they have one in Tel Aviv, in case you care, but these like left-wing activists, they can't ever make the connection that their pursuit of gay rights clashes with their anti-Israel um, desires. Anyways, let's keep going. Oh, and Sheila, the- can I just weigh in because you just read the sentence? Is that a typo, Latin? I've never heard Latin. I've heard Latino, Latina. I've heard the uh, bizarre Latin X, which no Latino or Latina ever refers to themselves. That, that's something white progressives have come up. It, it sounds like the Latin version of the X-Men, the Latin X. But what's Latin? I don't know. They make up words <laughs> that nobody uses. Like, and I like how Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire, he goes out of his way to say it phonetically. So he goes, Latinx. Latinx. I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> the program says both elementary and secondary students who participate in the conference will be invited to use virtual platforms. You know, you know, like things where your parents don't drop you off or pick you up. You can do it like in the privacy of your bedroom to ask questions and explore how they can celebrate gender and sexual diversity in schools and beyond. So to help them do so, Dr. Andrew B. Campbell, Dr. ABC and a he him (laughs) (laughs) has been invited to present. He's described as a motivational speaker who has a Ph.D. in educational leadership, policy and diversity and taught in a bunch of places. One of his students, the invisible student in the Jamaican classroom, shares the experiences of gay Jamaican males in formal schooling. What? That seems like a bit of a niche topic. Um, But anyways. um, (laughs) Gay Jamaican males. It's... I, I just, I can't believe that this is a thing. And I'm curious how much it costs to put on this conference. How much are well-meaning taxpaying Toronto parents paying 
to put on these brainwashing conferences um, where people talk to your children about things that you have decided as a parent they are absolutely not ready for. That's where I come down on this issue. There's a whole, like, people dressing in um, provocative outfits, cross-dressing and dancing in front of kids, I definitely have a big problem with that. But I also have a real problem with parents saying, do not talk to my kids about this stuff. They are not ready for it. And teachers and activists saying, no, no, we're gonna. That is scary, spooky, and creepy. A hundred percent. I agree with you, Sheila. And when it comes to initial grams, can the TDSB be less concerned about the 2S LGBTIAP plus and sometimes Y community curriculum? And how about this for initial gram? The three R's. Remember that, Sheila? Uh, Reading, writing, arithmetic. That's what you should be learning as an 11 year old, not this you know, agenda out there. I mean, why is it that the left is so obsessed with the sexualization of minors, Sheila? I I can't figure that out. And why do they think parents are not equipped exclusively to be able to deal with this? Why do they need outside activists barging their way into your family discussions to tell you what they think and how you should deal with these things that should be a family issue not a school and teacher issue. I don't know how teachers ended up inserted into any of this. Stay out of these issues. These are not your issues. These are family issues. Get out. Your insistence in being involved in this leads me to believe very dangerous things about you. And yet Florida remains the sanest place on the face of the earth. Oh, Yesterday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signs a bill limiting LGBTQ instruction in schools. Um, And the... Opposition to this is so dishonest. Yep. And uh, it's the don't say reason... gay baloney, which. Yeah. And there's there's a reason why people respond to criticism of this bill by saying, OK, groomer, because this is for kids age five to nine in public schools saying, you know what? It's not even remotely OK to talk to little kids about this stuff. It is bizarre. The insistence that you want to talk to little kids about this stuff. And he banned it. It's the Parental Rights and Education Bill, and that is the perfect name for this because it protects the autonomy of parents in the sexual education of their kids. No, uh, 100%, and I think you're right. Florida, contrary to uh, popular belief in some circles, is the sanest place in the United States. And, you know, Florida gets a bum rap, uh, Sheila, because I, I continually I even see articles in, like, the Toronto Sun, for example, where it begins, of course— in Florida or only in Florida. And it's some bizarre thing of, you know, like a naked guy on a lawnmower being chased by law enforcement and, oh, well, that's Florida for you. No, no, no. The reason why you see so many of those crazy, bizarre stories, Sheila, is that Florida is the most liberal in offering up information uh, on the crime docket. Right. You know, um, That's why we know so much about Florida serial killers. Exactly. Um, because I mean, they this, have these sunshine laws. The same thing is happening to uh, the same degree or even greater in New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, California, you name it. But they are far more controlling on the information. You have to file uh, a, a freedom of information request, whereas Florida uh, pretty much divulges everything. So that's the reason for this bum rap that there are all these weirdos living in Florida. That, nothing could be further from the truth. 
No, it's it makes for great TV, though, I must tell you. There's a reason we know so much about Casey Anthony when she, you know, killed her daughter. It's because her parents would meet with her at the jail. And then later that night, the video recording of her meeting with her parents at the jail in the public meeting area, that would be on Nancy Grace and everyone would be glued to it because... There are these sunshine laws where nothing can be hidden from the public yep. if it happens within government in Florida. And I think it's great. Yeah, I it agree. makes officials accountable. Fantastic. Sheila, I see we're less than 10 minutes to the end of the line. Uh, do we have some chats that we have to get to? We do. We have one last thing that we should talk about okay. because um, before we move on, and I just want to touch on it because it's COVID related, but I'm going to try my best not to go into like the science of COVID. <laughs> And questioning public health officers. I better keep my mouth shut then. (laughs) No, I think that ship has sailed. (laughs) Like when you you called me a honky off the top of the show. Um, Anyways, um, experts in Quebec say, experts say Quebec has entered a sixth wave of COVID-19 propelled by the BA2 subvariant. I think this is the Deltacron variant. So they took Delta and Omicron, smashed them together and said, are you scared yet? And so, <laughs> and so this is the new thing. So um, I guess people have lost interest in Ukraine and we got to go back to COVID to be scared. Wow. And or, so this or is Sheila, if thing. I can interject here, is it the a Delta variant or because I mentioned this last week for the first time I heard this, it was on radio while I was driving into headquarters, the Omicron, Omicron variant variant. It kind of reminded me of that um, 70s TV show, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, (laughs) the variant variant. So I'm just trying to keep track of all the assorted variants out there, and I don't have a program. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, the only reason I bring this up is because... um, they just can't let you be free, right? Yeah. Like you are, your mindset is moving into like, oh, I, I'm not wearing a mask anymore. I can go about my life. The people who are living in constant fear are starting to detox from the fear. And so they're like, yep, let's, let's ratchet it up to 11 again. Um, I, I wrote an article yesterday for the website because I saw this like request for proposal, but it was a sole source contract given by Public Health Agency of Canada to the University of Saskatchewan, because I don't know if you know, but across the country, in municipalities across the country, at the municipal level, but also at the federal public health agency of Canada level, they are monitoring the sewage levels for COVID. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm well aware of that. (laughs) I think this is insane because like, and they admit the reason they do this. They say people aren't getting (laughs) tested. And so we are going to test your entire community without the knowledge of the community against the will of the community. We're just going to go dip our sticks in the turds, I guess, <laughs> and tell you that you have COVID or not. Like it's, I, they just really, really don't want to let this go. That they, they said, this is a great way to test an entire community for COVID without having to get the consent of the entire community to test them for COVID. So we'll just go down to the water treatment facility and catch the runoff or the affluent or whatever they call it. And we're going to get it and we're going to test it. And then we'll use this to predict future outbreaks. How accurate is that, Sheila? I'm sure not at all. But I know that... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure not at all, but they're telling me this is the way that they are predicting future outbreaks 
Did it predict the other outbreaks? I'm curious to see. But I do know that some poor individual at the University of Saskatchewan, their department got uh, three quarters of a million dollars to do this work. Um, what do you do for a living? Oh, I, I test uh, raw sewage for COVID. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Welcome to my dinner party. <laughs> Wouldn't you be more at risk of, I don't know, contracting E. coli as opposed to COVID, <laughs> you know, doing that if you're not careful enough? Uh, Shelly, you're making a good case for people to go out there and buy outhouses, right? Keep their... Um... I got a septic field. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Keep your... My sewage Let's is keep... safe from nerds, okay? <laughs> Let's keep our urine private, shall we? <laughs> yeah. I just thought, like, do Canadians know... That some research nerd is making a lot of money to come test your sewage for COVID. I wonder That's if you could the skew the results by, you know, going down to where they're getting the samples and, I don't know, uh, putting something inert into the water like, you know, a couple hundred gallons of Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> See what that does. I don't know. I don't understand that particular science. I'm glad I don't have that job. But um, There's just I... this whole other world of COVID <laughs> testing and COVID scaring that I just can't even believe exists. But it's out there. And there's people just... It's like climate change, right? Where you... You have to perpetuate the problem because the prob your grant money relies on the problem. And that's what I'm seeing happening here. Yeah, I'd love to see uh, Dr. Teresa Tam weigh in on this one. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I spent 40 minutes on this yesterday. It's far too much. I wish I didn't bring it up today. Oh. Um, <laughs> let's keep going. We got um, some chats to get through um, because we are um, two minutes left in the show. Uh, we've got Annalisa gives us 20 bucks. No, she says, you. good, good morning. My faves. Oh, thanks. Annalisa. Since Sheila has to read this out loud, <laughs> scared already. Uh -oh. <laughs> I'm going to make this a bit nauseous for her. My sweet Menzies. You are absolutely yummy, 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 wummy. <laughs> and looking mighty fine. You know, I'll tell you, I read a comment last week, you know, I'm when we ran that clip. Pepto Bismol. Just hang on for a sec. <laughs> oh, thanks. But I read a funny comment last week when we ran that, you know, video of when I tried out for the Toronto Raptors cheerleaders as a trans woman. I showed that to my daughter and she was like, he's not serious. You guys didn't publish that. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh. Dead serious. Look at his moves. <laughs> and the comment was, hey, Annalisa, you think it Menzies is still hot now? <laughs> Which was so cruel on so many levels. But obviously she does. So thank you very much for being so sweet, Annalisa. <laughs> there's no accounting for taste. Um, AMT60, a buck. It says there's anti-white racism, too. When I was in hospital with COVID in January, many of the black nurses treated me bad. <laughs> A black patient in my room talked about white privileged patients in the other room. Uh, Kushi, $11.24, $3. Morning Rebels. Not that I'm really into the Hollywood elite culture, but I saw an old video of Will making fun of a bald man in his early days. Isn't that interesting? It's the old one law for thee and one law for me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Or they forget that their entire lives are on film. They seem to forget that, but they also know that they have the um, mainstream media on their side, right? These guys are progressive. They share the same politics as the mainstream media. Yeah. So it's okay. No big deal. No charges. <laughs> no charges. Although if you or I walked up and smacked Will Smith, 
we'd be flattened by security and charged and our lives would be ruined, right? A hundred percent. And Sheila, by the way, you know, he, when, when Chris Rock made the joke initially, he was laughing. And then he saw the look on his wife's face um, and then his tone changed. So what does that tell you? I don't know, but the next um, comment, it tells me that we need to move on from this topic. Topic, And I know that yesterday they wanted us to move on to it, but okay. David Menzies got it out of his system because he <laughs> didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday. So <laughs> thank you for bearing with us, dear viewers. Uh, JPH1944, a buck, please move on from the stupidity of Hollywood and get back to Canadian topics. The reason we talk about Hollywood, and look, I've checked out of pop culture a very long time ago, but the reason we talk about Hollywood is because they are the progressive left and culture uh, that's where the culture war is fought. And yep. we're just simply pointing out the hypocrisy of these people yep. and how they would treat you versus how they know they are going to be treated when they do bad things. Yep. Uh, Billy Howard, two bucks. For Rebel to ask, because it wasn't explained in the CBC story, why choose the F for 35 instead of second place Saab Grippen, which is a quarter of the price, faster, more maneuverable, cheaper to maintain, and better fuel economy. Um, so this goes back to all of a sudden, Justin Trudeau is investing in the F-35, which puts us at the bottom of the purchasing of the F-35. Harper wanted to buy them back in 2013, 2014, 2015. One of the first things Justin Trudeau did when he took office was cancel the procurement yep. of the F-35 and made fun of Harper for wanting the F-35. Oh, and... Sheila, it was such a juvenile joke that Trudeau said. Yeah. He he said, "What about our humanitarianism? Why why does you know Harper want to go out, uh, go around Whip whipping out. out his CF-18s?" And you know what the analogy was getting at there, which yeah. was just so stupid. Uh, I'm not a fighter jet expert, but the reason I understand we're leaning to F-35s as opposed to the because SOBs, everybody else has them. Well, yeah, and you need to be compatible with the yeah. NATO uh, Air Force. That's how it was explained to me, you know. But uh, good to see Saab is still making something. I mean, the cars went away about <laughs> 10 years ago, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah it's my, my understanding <laughs> that um, – and that's why that procurement by Harper was so important is because all of our NATO allies were sort of ordering them and getting them at the same time. They would all right. be kind of delivered at the same time. And so we wanted to be in on that. And – um, we weren't because Justin Trudeau removed us from that. And now we're way at the bottom of the list to get these. And who knows when we'll ever get them now at this point, because we are approaching eight years after the fact, after Justin Trudeau canceled that procurement, Harper remains right. And remember uh, looking at that F-35 in action at the Israeli air show four years ago, oh. Sheila? Wasn't that something? That's one. Crazy. I, I, if I'm on the ground, I don't want that over my head if I'm the end. Oh, it's crazy when they flew over and they opened up their like bomb doors <laughs> and just like, slowed right down, slowed yeah. right down. Like it was crazy, oh, yeah. slow yeah. and opened up the bomb doors. And you're like, oh, is this what terrorists see before they die? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Kane Enmark gives us a buck, says Chris Guy was arrested on Saturday. I did see that. Oh, uh, I, and he said he saw his wife at the Freedom Walk. I don't know what he was arrested under, but I do know that he had, I think, warrants out in multiple jurisdictions, probably. Alberta Dawn gives us four bucks. There's still no additional news about the mass shooting that occurred in Edmonton on March 12th. Two That's... shooters were either given bail. 
That's your neighborhood, Sheila. Do you know something about this? Uh, are we talking about one dead, six injured? Um, at North Central Edmonton Lounge. Hmm. Yeah. What lounge was that? One eighteen and one twenty fourth, one twenty seventh. Why doesn't it tell me which lounge it happened at? Anyway, that's not a great part of the world. Um, I don't know if they were granted bail. Um, it, this is Canada, so probably we only keep um, pastors and protesters in jail without bail. So I wouldn't be surprised to find out that these people were granted bail. Um, but that's not a great part of Edmonton. Just curious, um, Sheila, is that lounge maybe close to uh, where Omar Cotter's mall is located? <laughs> yeah, his mall's a bit north of there. Okay. Yeah. Not yeah. Just asking. Yeah. No connection, but it is <laughs> geographically sort of in the, that same neck of the woods. Wow. Um, what a neighborhood. <laughs> um, C1CAS. Don't get me started about Edmonton. And, you know, somebody, somebody the other day, I think it was a Ukrainian member of parliament, and they were like, uh, for those of you who want us to make concessions to Russia, what part of your country would you we be would you be willing to give up if uh, Russia started bombing? And I was like, is this a trick question? <laughs> like <laughs> Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, I'm willing to hear arguments about Vancouver and Edmonton. Like, or you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm joking. Don't write me letters. I would. I'm not cheering for Russia to bomb Canada so that I can get rid of Toronto. Um, but I was just. You know, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Edmonton. Ralph Klein had it pegged a long time ago. Well, in uh, President Biden's uh, words, Sheila, it's okay if it's a minor invasion. Yeah, just a, a smidge <laughs> of an incursion. It's like being a little bit pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, C1CAS, a buck. We need more Randy Hilliers and fewer Jogmeet Sings. People who oppose the government versus people who just go along to get along and to get whatever they can. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Singh is an absolute disgrace. I, I, I have even less respect for him than I do of Trudeau, Sheila. What he's done with this coalition government, he has said to uh, the NDP base, we have no intention of forming the government. We have no intention <laughs> of, you know, realizing Remaining that dream relevance. again. Yeah, of being <laughs> the official opposition. We're already the fourth party in terms of um, uh, seat status. And here's my question, Sheila, and, and I'm not being facetious here. If you are an NDP supporter, why? Why would you continue to vote for this party with this man in charge? He is a loser. He is a grifter. And all your policies that you care about, well, they've been appropriated by the Liberal Party of Canada anyway. So, what, you know, I, I guess with the exception of pharmacare and uh, dental care, um, which are ostensibly what Jagmeet Singh is wishing for, and it's not going to happen. Why vote NDP? Why, why back the orange? There's no reason. Justin Trudeau is doing But this goes back to 2015. Yeah. Because um, conservatives always do well when there's a vote split on the progressive side. That's why, as much as I fundamentally opposed basically everything that Thomas Mulcair stood for, he seemed not crazy. Yeah. Um, as I an agree. NDPer. He sort of kept the radical fringe sort of at bay. He was sort of pro-union, pro-socialism for sure. If his uh, fiscal policies were mental, um, but 
he was not insane. Yeah. He wore a suit and tie, seemed like a normal grown-up. And do you Justin th- Trudeau outflanked him in 2015 on yeah. the left and stole all of his votes. And that's how Justin Trudeau continues to win. And Jagmeet Singh learned nothing from it. Yeah. The best thing for the Conservative Party of Canada, Sheila, is to have a strong NDP. Right. And yeah. it gets weaker and more diluted with Jagmeet Singh at the helm. And I have to wonder if you had a heart to heart conversation with the NDP inner circle, their grassroots supporters, are they happy that Jagmeet Singh is the leader compared to what Mulcair did for that party. Uh, they must be having buyer's remorse, 100 percent. It's uh, he made them completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, he disenfranchised everybody who cast a ballot for the NDP as something different than the Liberal Party. Um, but I just sent uh, the producers a quick message because there's these fun stickers popping up all across the country. I don't know where they're coming from. This is not an advertisement and this is not an endorsement of vandalizing gas pumps because someone will say, oh, Sheila, you endorsed vandalizing gas pumps. No, I didn't. (laughs) But I I do like being funny. (laughs) So these are popping up. They've been spotted in Victoria, BC, 195.9 for regular. That's crazy. Um, They've popped up in, I think, Ottawa too, and I think maybe Montreal. But they have Justin Trudeau saying, I did that, and Jagmeet Singh saying, what is it? I helped. Um, so those are a play on the um, Joe Biden ones where the gas prices are going up, and he says, I did that. So those that are is, kind of fun. I I don't know where they came from, though. That's hilarious. I, I, Sheila, since that announcement was made last week, I can't tell you how many memes involving Justin Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh have been crafted, none of which I can present on family-friendly internet. <laughs> <laughs> you get nope. my drift. I think you've probably seen some of them too. Well, actually, there was one. It was from the movie Titanic, where yeah. it's uh, they're at the bow of the ship. <laughs> my, my heart will go on. That, that Do you know was... I've never seen that movie. Really? I've never seen that. No, I just was not. Spoiler interested. alert! Like, know, it hits an iceberg. I, know how to end. Yeah, I was like, I don't have to end. I have to sit through a stupid romance to get to the part where everybody's bobbing around in the ocean, like drinks in a like ice in a drink. I don't. I don't know. It just seemed like a waste of my yeah, life. Yeah, that would be on my top 10 list of films you fast forward to the third act uh, because that's where the meat and potatoes yeah. are, you know. And uh, by, by the way, speaking of films, I heard a great anecdote of George Clooney. His uh, politics don't dovetail with ours, certainly. But whenever he meets somebody that says to him, by the way, I saw you as Batman and Batman and Robin. He goes to his wallet and he refunds the cost of the movie ticket <laughs> as a way of apologizing. I think that's just so awesome. <laughs> that's great. Uh, I think we are all done. We're 11 minutes past the show. Um, you and I, I guess, we're back here on Thursday, which is Carbon Tax Hike Eve. Yes. Um, that's uh, because the carbon tax goes up on the first of the month. And um, so it's... I mean, I can't even imagine what the price of gas is going to be in Vancouver. It's already like 165 here for regular. Well, you know, Sheila, it's going down at midnight here in this market by around nine cents. And they said maybe further reductions. And the only thing I can think of is the oil companies are taking a hit onto themselves because the alternative is if they make driving too expensive, demand will 
go down. So maybe they're absorbing these because, as you said, uh, come April 1st, April Fool's Day, of course, uh, the 8.8 cent uh, latest carbon tax kicks in. So um, I, I don't know. Maybe we have to reach out to Dan McTague. Uh, he's my kind of liberal. Uh, he runs um, a, a website that uh, tracks gas prices, and he's a great insider. Maybe he can explain uh, what's what and who's who in the zoo. But uh, yeah, the, the news I have right now, at least in the GTA, is even with the carbon tax coming, prices are going down. Uh, I, I, I can't explain it. but uh... Well, in Alberta, our price might go down or at least stay the same because on April 1st, the province stops collecting the gas tax. Ah. So the provincial portion of the gas tax, um, they are no longer going to be collecting. So, you know, it's something that I guess we're able to do because of the price of a barrel of oil being so high. So the provincial royalties are a little bit higher and so they can pass that along to us. But it is, um, you know, if, <laughs> it's interesting because the liberals will argue, oh, the carbon tax is not going to hit you at the pump. It's literally adding money <laughs> like it's increasing the price so naturally it will hit you at the pump but they'll yeah. argue that it, it never will it's this weird ponzi scheme where you give the government more money and they say you're better off it, it, <laughs> it's, it's crazy Sheila. i i understand eight we've had 18 plans to meet our paris climate change accord agreements and they've all failed uh we've never delivered thank the, god Oh, I, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> but but this time it'll be different. <laughs> yeah. Justin Trudeau as uh, Lucy Van Pelt holding the football for Charlie Brown to kick. And this time it'll be different. I don't think so. Well, um, I just want to thank uh, Miss Producer Olivia and, of course, the incredible Efren. And thank you to everybody that chipped in with some Do-Re-Mi. We really depend on that to keep the Story lights on. Sorry about all the Will Smith talk, you guys. Yes. Well, it had <laughs> to be said. And as Sheila mentioned, we will be back here on Thursday. There'll be a couple of other rebel uh, talent uh, here tomorrow. And in the meantime, folks, as always, stay sane. And so uh, we will continue to recognize that in the state of Florida, parents have a fundamental role in the education, health care, and well-being of their children. We will not move from that. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Here I stand. I'm not backing down. Yeah.